0: friends it's me adrian or aiden either way i am still your host and you are still listening to susto the podcast of ooky spooky scary stories how the heck are y'all doing i am doing okay i feel like i've been really excited about the patreon and it's been really nice because it's not just like and i hope this doesn't sound like i'm like forcing the patreon onto you all because it's completely optional even though i would love for you all to sign up for it if you haven't yet but it's really nice because it's not like this i guess routine that i got into that was just you know build the episode record it and then that's it like I don't think about susto until it's time to do the next episode so I don't know it's just been really cool to not I don't want to say constantly I don't know but yeah basically constantly thinking about susto like after I record the episode I'm like great now what do I have to do for the patreon or like what can I do like what can I do for a vlog next or you know it's just really nice to have it on my mind more than just the episodes and that's it. I don't know why I felt like sharing that with y'all at the top of it. I'm just having a lot of fun with it. And if you are signed up to the Patreon, make sure that you have your notifications turned on so that when I post something on there, you'll get notified right away and you're not like missing anything. And if you haven't signed up for it, you can do that on patreoncom podcast I think it's really cool. Like if if I was listening, if I was just a listener of this show, I feel like I would want to sign up for the Patreon for sure because I feel like I'm putting some really cool stuff on there, like the Google Docs, I think they're pretty neat. Someone told me that, like, it made them feel really special. And you all are special. You're my special little scary snowflakes. And and um, the I've done two Susto vlogs. And those, and I told, I said that in the vlog too, is that, like, I'm not really sure, like, if I'm going to have a schedule for the Susto vlogs because I feel like with something like Susto, where I'm now thinking about it a lot more throughout the week, I'm like, oh, this would make a cool idea for the vlog. So let me just go ahead and, like, record it and post it whenever it comes to me. I think it's really cool. And then I posted it on the social medias. Uh, Uh, at Sustle Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, there's going to be some goodies coming to the Patreon uh, for the month of October. But you all will not be able to see that until October unless you're a top-tier patron, unless you're in the Best school Friends tier, which you know, you just get early access to everything. And uh, I want to share it with you, but it's it's a, it's a special little nugget for people that signed up for that one. So if you want to find out what's going on behind the scenes and you want early access to exclusive, download super secret mysterious information, you know where to find it. So I found an email from someone that... I do not know how I'm just seeing how I was just seeing it right now and I actually meant to read it on the last episode but it slipped my mind and since then I was like okay I need to make sure to like I put it in my notes that I was gonna read it for this episode and this email is actually from October of 2019 so it, it's from Alicia Alicia I'm so so sorry that I am barely reading your email right now and I responded to your email as well I don't know if you saw it I don't know how I just saw it when i saw it but anyway i'm gonna go ahead and read it now because it's a really good one so she said i'm just gonna read the whole email for now it says uh, i don't have apple podcasts i listen through spotify Thank you. But I wanted to thank you for this podcast. I'm going to school far away from home, and this podcast really helps with that homesickness. Oh, Alicia, I really wish I had seen this earlier, and I could have given you, like, a shout-out from home. She, Alicia continues. Anyways, I figured I'd share my spooky story that I've been thinking about since I started listening to Susto. When I was little, my grandmother would tell us ghost stories during thunderstorms. One of my favorites is a story she would tell us about her father. He was waiting for some friends late at night, She would always embellish at this point and say it was at 3 a.m., the devil's hour, at the crossroads between Paredes Line Road and FM 511, right at the edge of the Palo Alto battlefield, where the cannon is now. Yeah, I know where that is. He was just waiting in his truck, idling, no one around, when suddenly, a man appeared seemingly from out of the monte and asks him for a cigarette. Even if this isn't, like ghostly like that still scares me like middle of the night a random person coming up to you i don't know i maybe i'm just scared of people this says being a smoker my great-grandfather turns to grab a cigarette but when he turns to offer the man a smoke the man had already disappeared spooky story for a child but what really got to me is several years later in high school some classmates of mine happened to start sharing scary stories a girl who i had never met outside of class and who was not related to me in any way starts telling a familiar story about her older brother, who is waiting at the corner of Paredes and Five Eleven late in the night, while he's passing time with his girlfriend in his truck waiting for some other friends to arrive, a man appears seemingly from nowhere and approaches the driver's side window. Ugh. He asks for a cigarette, but the brother, who is not a smoker, tells him he has none. He turns to look at his girlfriend and when they look back, the man has already disappeared. Ew. Two stories from two different families that take place decades apart. Elisa's grandmother's story was from 1940-ish versus her friend's story from 2000s. Anyway, the Palo Alto battlefield is, re- is a really spooky place. There's loads of ghost stories from that area, including a woman who crosses the road. I've personally witnessed her, Elisa says. The story that there is gold hidden on the battlefield, so ghost soldiers awake at 3 a.m. and do drills to protect it, and car crashes caused by ghost cattle. Ghost cattle? <laughs> there, was a noticeable, uh, there was a notable case that was apparently published in the Brownsville Herald at some point because a well-known lawyer had seen cattle cross the road and disappear on the other side in front of him. Unfortunately, I can't find the source. That would be a cool story to, like, get the details of. I, I mean, it doesn't seem like there's a lot to it, and, like, just ghost cows crossing the street, but that's... it's You know, we don't hear about, like, animal spirits, uh, like, as often as we do human spirits. Anyway, she said... This is turning into a really long email, but for a podcast, you should look into Port Isabel slash Brownsville spooks. The historic yacht club that was just demolished was very haunted. It used to be a speakeasy where alcohol was hidden. Al Capone did a lot of his work there. That's really cool in its own sense. It used to have secret rooms and hidden passages and was haunted by a ghost couple that died in a boat fire. Also, people often mention hearing a piano in the building and seeing a man's shadow way after it was abandoned. I used to do ghost tours in that area and there is actually a lot of scary history there. It could go on, but again, this email is getting very long. LOL, if you want more info, I'd be happy. Yes, Alicia, please, please, please reach out to me again. I responded to your email like I said earlier, but if you didn't see that and you're hearing this here or if anyone knows Alicia from the. Bronzeville area that worked over there doing ghost tours. Please let her know that I would love to hear from her, and I want more of these stories. This is so creepy. I love when stuff like this happens when it's like full circle, and it's these stories that we might have heard from a family member when we're younger, and then decades later it happens. And I don't know, that that was just really cool. It's like such a validation, but it also makes it extra creepy to be like, oh, this thing really happened. As always, before we go into our story, I'm going to remind you all, like I said earlier, follow Sisto Podcast on Facebook and Instagram for any and all updates about the show. If you have your own scary story like Alicia's, you can email it to me. You can put it in a five-story review on Apple Podcasts. You can DM it on Facebook or Instagram. If you have pictures, videos, or recordings of spooky stuff, even better. I will put it on the social media. And also, don't forget to check out the Patreon. I think I'm going to add another tier, just like a tip jar, like a $1 tip jar if you want support the show but you don't want to like commit to all the benefits that come all the perks that come with being a patreon you can just leave me a little tip like a one dollar a month thing i'll set that up for you all so we're gonna go ahead and dive into the story of la planchada The story of La Planchada is varied, with a number of legends as to the origin of the spirit. In all of the stories, the ghost is invariably a female nurse wearing an old fashioned nurse's uniform. Some tales say she was in love with a doctor who spurned her, leading her to take her own life. And in others, she is simply a curmudgeon who disapproved of younger nurses, or perhaps she killed a patient in an attempt to ease their pain. In the 1930s, a nurse by the name of Eulalia worked at the hospital Juarez. She always wore clean, crisp, ironed uniforms. She was an excellent nurse, and her patients were lucky to be under her care. But this changed when a handsome young doctor joined the hospital's staff. Eulalia and this doctor started to see each other socially. It was not long before Eulalia fell in love and the two were engaged. However, What she did not know was the doctor was already secretly engaged to another woman. Eulalia was unaware of this engagement and began a torrid affair with the man. A few months later, he told her he was going out of town on a medical seminar, but in reality, he was going on his honeymoon with his new wife. To Eulalia's surprise and concern, he did not return the following week. Then another week passed, and the doctor still did not respond Eulalia was beside herself with worry. She felt that something terrible must have happened. While he was gone, a coworker found Eulalia pining for her lost love and revealed the doctor's secret. Heartbroken, Eulalia lapsed into a deep state of depression. She was so distracted by her sorrow that her work suffered. She started to neglect the patients that were under her care. One night, one of her patients died as a direct result of her neglect realizing her terrible error eulalia became ill herself not having the will to fight for her own life she died in the hospital where she worked after her death strange things started to occur patients nurses and doctors began to see a nurse in the emergency room area some stories state that she appears as a normal nurse a full human manifestation and other times she is an evil looking creature some say she seems to glow and floats instead of walks through the hospital corridors. Others say she walks normally. But in all of these reports, it is stated her footsteps are never heard. Hospital staff started to call this ghostly nurse, La Blanchada, because she always appears wearing a clean, freshly pressed uniform. The reports from patients are the most intriguing. This ghostly nurse not only appears but cares for patients in the emergency area of the hospital. It is often reported that at night when some of the hospital staff neglect their patients, this nurse cares for them instead. In the morning, these patients are well enough to be moved to less intensive care rooms. When asked how they are feeling, they reply, A nurse came in and helped me. It is stated that Eulalia returns as a spirit nurse because of a sense of guilt. It seems she is forever doomed to pay for her mistake in life. As mentioned above, there are several versions of this story. In one version, it is stated that the nurse was a cruel person who mistreated her patients. So when she died, her punishment was to take care of patients for eternity. In another version, Eulalia was never actually engaged to the young doctor. This version states he rejects her interest in him and marries a woman he is engaged to. She then takes her disappointment out on her patients the result being that several of them died. Regardless of the story, several hospitals in Mexico lay claim to her ghost. Many witnesses state they have seen her or have been under her care at night. It is said that her ghost returns to the room where she died and heals whoever is inside. Okay, so I already have like a fear of hospitals for my own personal reasons, (laughs) my own personal experience, but stories like this just like, Exacerbated even more. There was a point where I had to be hospitalized for two weeks years ago. And ugh, I remember waking up in the middle of the night sometimes just being like freaked out. Even though I had someone there with me, I just, uh, I don't know. It's just, just a lot of like energy that goes in and out of hospitals that you don't always know what kind of energy it is. And then to top it all off, someone I'm related to used to work at a hospital and they used to work through the nights as well. And they would tell us these super, super, super creepy stories about things that they would see or hear or like things that were like, I don't know. It's just, you just, you don't know (laughs) who goes in all those hospitals before you. And so it's weird to say the least. But anyway, because of that, because I had that thought they're you know, they're kind of like churches or like cemeteries. You know, there's going to be a lot of energy attached to those places because of the amount of people that go in and out or go in and never leave. Or, you know, they're just places where people congregate, you know, for very specific reasons. And this is, these are just my personal beliefs on like spirituality and that. But I think when that amount of people in that volume and that amount of traffic is in one spot and it's dedicated to like one general type of like energy, then you're going to feel something when you go there yourself, you know? I don't uh, Hopefully you understand that. But anyway, uh, because of that, I wanted to look into where else this was happening. So I know that I've heard stories about like Nat Medical, which is here in Wasco and the RGV. If you're not from here, you might not know who I'm talking about. But I've heard lots of stories about that place specifically. And so I was like, let me see, you know, where else are people reporting like pretty significant stories? So I found this link and I'm going to go ahead and put this in the Susto Google Doc for the Patreon uh, if you want to go through it as well. But it's essentially it's just five small like anecdotes about this phenomenon about haunted hospitals i'm going to read through them for you number one is from waverly hills sanatorium in louisville kentucky it says an epidemic of tuberculosis was overtaxing medical facilities in kentucky when the state's board of tuberculosis hospital decided to add on to the 40 to 50 bed sanatorium it had opened in 1910 by 1926 the sanatorium's capacity had increased tenfold so again just like a large amount of people being put in this one place. Patients at Waverly could expect treatments that varied from balloons implanted in their lungs to the removal of ribs and chest muscle to allow for lung expansion. Holy shit, am I grateful for medical advancements. This also says, When the treatments didn't work, a handy 500-foot tunnel or Body shoot allowed personnel to discreetly send bodies down to be whisked away on waiting trains. That is so ugly to think about. It says nowadays the tunnel area is where the ghosts hang out, according to visitors to what is now a tourist attraction. They have also reported seeing the ghosts of a nurse in room 502. Here we go with a nurse. According to one Yelp review, they say we walked up by there and I do get some weird vibes. Hair stands up in my arms. I get flush feeling, sometimes a little queasy. It's awesome. <laughs> it sounds like one of us wrote this. What is it with this like this image of a nurse that like creeps people out? Maybe because like nurses uniforms are such like a specific like everybody can recognize a nurse's uniform you know and like especially like the old timey one so maybe that's like what we can see okay number two eloise complex Westland, Michigan, I think? Yeah. What started as a poor house and farm in 1839 gradually expanded to add a psychiatric hospital, a tuberculosis sanatorium, and a county hospital. <laughs> That's too much going on. It says, Eloise was a virtual city unto itself, consisting of 76 buildings on a 900-acre property and housing about 10,000 people who were homeless, mentally ill, or in hospital care, along with 2,000 staff members. It also had many of its own support services, including a fire station, power plant, and cemetery, with numbers on on the stones instead of names. That's also really sad to think about. It says modern day visitors have said they've encountered mysterious moans, screams, and a spectral woman in white at the asylum. An intrepid TV reporter who explored the facility returned with shots of glowing lights floating around her and the camera crew. Eloise went up for sale in 2015, but hasn't found any willing buyers yet. Yeah, of course not. But if you ask about hauntings, Mike Deegan, who is handling the sale, will tell you what he told STAT, which is where I'm reading this, Uh, article from can't talk to you clients rule i don't understand that and i guess that means that he can't like reveal any details about the complex this sounds interesting like it's a whole complex i want to look more into that myself anyway number three rolling hills asylum in bethany new york it says the rolling hills asylum opened in 1827 as the janice I don't know how to say this as a Genesee County poorhouse, according to an official newspaper announcement at the time, the place was open to habitual drunkards, lunatics, one who by disease, grief or accident, lost the use of reason or from old age, sickness or weakness was so weak of mind as to be that's, <sighs> I don't like how they grouped all of these kinds of people into just calling them lunatics. Anyways, this also says regardless of their reasons for being there, all residents were referred to as inmates also weird It says, perhaps that is what the ghosts are so ticked off about. I would be. It says, the facility was also known to perform lobotomies and electroshock therapy. Yeah, you see, that's a lot of trauma for one place. Like, just those two procedures? I don't know what you would even call that. Not a service, but that's, yeah. It says, these days, one of the most frequently seen ghosts is Roy, who died in 1942, rumored to have been seven feet tall in life. Roy reportedly spends his afterlife as an equally tall shadow crying. Oh, I just got chills thinking about that. That is so... Okay, I had to look behind me because that freaked me. That image freaked me out. I feel, I'm, I'm sorry, Roy. I feel for you. I feel bad for you. But if I were to see a seven foot shadow crying, I would be, I would run. I would just run and I don't run for anything. It says another visitor on tour of the facility said she heard footsteps behind her. The flashlights showed nothing. Then she turned around again, snapping a picture of this. <gasps> oh, do I open it? I'm so scared. Ew! Oh, I don't want to look at it. That's so disgusting. Ew! 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 Uh, oh my god. Okay, I'm adding this link to the Google Doc. You You'll see. It'll be like if you open this article and read it. But I'm gonna add this link also to the Google Doc. That is disgusting. Okay, if you have access to the Google Doc, I'm labeling this link as Roy. It's gonna be at the very bottom, Roy. Yeah, and it's that. Second picture. Ugh, I don't like that. Hate that. Anyway, moving on. (laughs) Number four. Moving on. Northville State Hospital, Northville, Michigan, opened in 1952. Northville was one of the more modern mental hospitals in the United States at the time. Northville was an early promoter of art and music for treating patients who could practice playing musical instruments or performing in plays, as well as study trades or work in hospital facilities. But as priorities shifted in the 1970s, Northville declined steadily, closing in the early 2000s. Sucks. It sounds like they were onto like some pretty progressive methods and then it just didn't work out. This says the abandoned hospital then became a subject of local lore. Sneaking into its abandoned buildings was a rite of passage for young people. One visitor even made a whimsical tongue in cheek video advertising Northville's former glory and welcoming new patients. Another posted a series of photos from inside. Many of the trespassers who went to look for ghosts instead found hefty fines and community service hours, but some who avoided getting caught described Northville's tunnels, which ran under the hospital to provide heat and water through a system of pipes. In these tunnels, people have reported hearing footsteps and voices, along with the sensation of someone breathing on them. Disgusting. This reminds me of this place. If you're from the Valley, you probably know what I'm talking about. There's this mansion in Monte Alto that, at least I remember, like the thing like this was to go and visit it because it was so creepy. Apparently what happened in 2007, while I was still in high school, the and I remember this news coming out, the lady that owned that place, it was like a huge structure. It has a long history, but anyway, long story short, the lady who owned it, her son, I think, killed her. He shot her and burned her body, and he left her body there on the property and was still, and he was still living on a trailer on the property where her body was because he wanted to collect her life insurance. I actually just drove by there a few days ago, and I saw it, and it's it's still there. Like, the walls are there, but Someone moved on to their property. There's like a whole beautiful house there. I will. I would advise you all from going to visit because someone actually lives on that property now, and I don't want you to bother them. But if anyone happens to know the people that own that property now and own that structure, I would love to talk to them about the history of that and get it from like a personal perspective but also don't harass anybody into that we, i respect them if they do not want to talk about it that's also fine i already have my moment with it in high school but if you know what i'm talking about <laughs> you ever saw it that place was so creepy at night because it used to be so overrun with grass and the buildings just look creepy itself and there would always be owls in there and apparently people would do like black magic there and so yeah it was just like a creepy place like, to visit or a scary thing to do when you were younger, but not anymore, because someone lives there now. Anyway, so number five, Penhurst Asylum, Chester County, Pennsylvania. When it opened in 1908, Penhurst took in mostly patients with physical and mental disabilities. But like other institutions at the time, Penhurst also held inmates, which encompassed not just actual criminals, but also orphans, immigrants, and pretty much anyone who had nowhere else to go. This is terrible. So, ugh, I'm not gonna get into it right now. <laughs> I'm just gonna. And also, like similar places, Penhurst was self sufficient with its own power plant and other amenities. By the 1960s, the institution was overcrowded, underfunded, and falling apart. Television reporter Bill Baldini exposed abusive and unsafe conditions for children living at Parenthurst, and his story helped propel a movement to change the way people with disabilities are housed and treated. But still, the institution remained open until 1987. This reminds me of um, what's it called? A movie that I watched, like a documentary called cropsy I don't know if anyone's seen it, but it's a really creepy. I liked it a lot. I thought it was creepy. Yeah, it's a film. It used to be on Netflix. I don't know if it's still on there. It says that cropsy was a 2009 American documentary film directed by joshua zeman yeah this is now this is from a different place but it sounds similar because this place in this cropsy movie it used to be like one of these places that just held like it says here a a place for anyone else that had nowhere to go but i think it was more of like a like a mental institution i don't know it just sounded familiar anyway if you haven't seen cropsy you should watch it maybe that's something i'll watch on the patreon this continues penhurst has since become a controversial tourist attraction weird nj which is new jersey i think so maybe it is this place new jersey isn't i'm not sure i don't know geography (laughs) it says a ghost hunter website reports having picked up a voice saying we're upset in its recordings within the hospital at other points in its tape a female voice asks why won't you leave other voices offer variations on that theme with go away or why did you come here and in an ironic twist there's also a male voice that reportedly says i'm scared uh, that's so ugly to think about this is a cool um article and throughout each of these stories there's also links within them and other pictures and stuff god that one picture really got me i hated that the one from rolling hills asylum again you can see the picture if you have access to the, the google doc but wow, wow 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 that's disgusting really quick i forgot to do it last episode but for this story i used uh this these two websites to put it together it's called there there's one in seek ghosts it's a block spot and then another one says uh mask of reason and that's where i found the two stories that i used to put together the story of la planchada but yeah if you have any creepy hospital stories that you've experienced that you've heard of uh, or any recording picture video whatever send it to me and i'll post it on the social medias you guys know, i don't know what was that i'm scared Thank you so much for listening to today's episode, y'all. Really appreciate it. Like I said, I've been having so much fun with this. I guess, I guess I'll guess i call it like a season. Would Would that be it? Like before this hiatus, it, there was like a first season. Now this is like the second season. I don't know. Anyway, I'm just having a lot more fun with Suster right now. Not that I wasn't having fun before, but I'm having like extra credit fund. You know what I mean? So I hope you all are doing well. I hope your semesters are going well. I hope you are staying safe and taking care of yourself and each other. Again, send your stories in. You should really consider signing up for the Susto Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Susto Podcast. Lots of really cool stuff coming that way. And that's pretty much all I have for you all today. Thanks so much for listening. I'll talk to you later and stay healthy. Bye.